everyone, and welcome to episode 98 of the IA Cast. My name is Michael Doeys, and I'm here with Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. Jason Earls. Hello. And Matt Durkins. Hello. All right, folks. Well, we are kind of coming to the end of the hardware announcement season, I would say. There's still a possibility of new iPads and stuff, but we got a plethora of Google news this week. Really cool stuff. I'm really excited about some of these things. That's going to occupy much of the news this time. So if the news on Google is not something you're interested in, I just fast forward a little bit. But so let's get started. What was y'all's thoughts on this year's Made by Google event? It was trying to be an Apple keynote. And because they tried, it was a lot more boring than Apple keynotes generally are. <laughs> but it was still packed with cool stuff. <laughs> I don't completely agree, but... You can see all the pretty visuals. <laughs> I'm kind of depressed at some of the hardware that got released. The Pixel 3 storage-wise, really underwhelming. Not terribly impressed with that. But uh, overall, yeah, I mean, I was a little... I don't know. I was a little bored by the event, although that's... Honestly, I get bored in Apple events, too, so... I'm a bad person, and I didn't watch the event, but I did get some highlights from uh, the uh, Tech Meme Ride Home podcast, which is a little bit of a tech roundup. And uh, in terms of the hardware stuff, uh, it all sounds really good, but I have no real interest in acquiring any of them, but I would like to see the uh, new Pixel, because I've never seen a Pixel before, so I'd like to see the new uh, the Pixel 3. I've never seen... A Pixel phone either. I would like to see that. I would also like to see the Pixel Slate because it, it, it just it sounds interesting, especially since you can run some Linux apps on it. Although I don't know what the accessibility of that would be if you were to try that. Well, we'll get to that in well, just a second. I know it's second. running Chrome OS, right? We'll get to that in just a second. But, you know, let, let's kind of start from the beginning at what they announced. And then we could go into what all was talked about, and our thoughts on each device individually. So, at the event, they started, they had a very big theme on help. Even the music was very much about how, you know, like, helping, like, just the word help was a big theme at this event. And... That's why I think it's always important to kind of watch these events, even if you're not into technology. Even if you're an Apple person, watch the Microsoft events, watch the Google events, watch the Samsung events to see where these companies are going uh, for their themes. Because that kind of tells you where, you know, you should be looking as a customer. If you want to kind of say, oh, I do not know that I like where this is going. I'm going to jump off this train before it uh, goes somewhere I don't want it to go. And this year, again, was very much about help. And they started off with home products. And they really focused on a new device called the Google Home Hub. And it's basically this device with a screen with Google Assistant. It's like the Google Home with a speaker and microphones with a screen. And... It has fabric around the outside, and it kind of makes it look like the screen's kind of hovering in midair. 
because it's supposed to blend in with your home, which which brings up the reason for this podcast today. But, well, again, that will be later on, and we'll get to that. But what is interesting is this device is supposed to be kind of like the Echo Show. It does not have a camera. Which they explicitly stated and poked kind of at those devices, like the Echo Show, that mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can have it by your bed and not feel uncomfortable about it. Right. And it will bring up information uh, that is relevant to what it's talking about through the Google Assistant. It's a neat device. I don't think I would use one, even though I'm low vision. If I talk to something, I want it to give me the information spoken back. I don't like a lot of these, uh, you know, when you ask Siri on your phone, what's the weather? It will, you know, say, take a look at the weather or here's the weather. I want it to speak the weather. Like, what's going on? Which it does do in certain situations, even with voiceover disabled. Yes, usually if you have headphones plugged in. But I wish it in. would do it all the time. Or if your phone's locked when you say HS. Mm-hmm. But I wish, like you, I do wish it would do it regardless. Yes. So, it's those kind of things that, uh, you know, are my opinion. It looks like a nice device, but not something I would get. And then they talked about the deep integration with Nest and other devices for this thoughtful home not a smartphone but thoughtful home any other thoughts on the home integration that they announced or did i miss anything i don't i don't think think so. you missed anything i i i feel like that i i i kind of agree with you though it sounds like a neat device but it's probably not a device i'm going to be getting anytime soon yeah me neither i just don't understand either like these devices that have the screens because if you have it in your uh let's say you have one in your living room and you ask it something and then you have to you know look at the screen so you'd have to like i don't know get up off the couch obviously which is whatever but you still have to look at the thing i'm kind of with you i want to be able to ask it a question or ask it to do something and just say okay here you go here's what it's doing and i really do wonder what types of things will change with the hub when you, you know, because you have the screen now, because I've never seen an Echo show, so I don't know how different it is with the responses with that one either. Like if you say, hey, like, what's the weather? Instead of just telling you, it goes, hey, here's the weather. Check it out on your screen. And did we get pricing information for the hub? Is it the same as like the Google? Uh, 150, I think. Yeah, and that's not too so. bad. I believe so. And it comes in several different colors. Has... Hmm? I wonder if it's going to have talkback at all. I doubt that it will have many talkback features, if at all, because it's going to be... I don't know how much of a touchscreen it's going to have. I think it's mainly to show information and maybe be able to scroll through it, but I don't see it being a device for a lot of screen interaction. I think it's more of a a glancing kind of thing. Google at a glance? Well, they, they do always compare, you know, Google as being, you know, looking at things, Googling it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the next things that we got, I believe the next things at the presentation was the, was that the, the Pixel Slate or did I miss something? I thought it went hub phone slate. No, no. Slate was next. Slate was next. Was it? Okay. Yes. I just couldn't remember if there was anything in between there that I missed, but I believe it was the Slate. And this is a new tablet that is similar to the Pixel Book. 
that runs Chrome OS and Android apps. It looks very nice. And it starts at $5.99, which is not a bad price until you learn all the things that go with that. So one of the things that I... I really want this tablet. I will tell you guys this. I want this tablet because it looks nice. It's a good way to test. And as they said, you could run full Linux applications so you can run developer suites and different programs on it. That is amazing, and the iPad needs that. I keep saying this, but, you know. And so it will run all these things. But when they say that, let, well, let me just start by saying the, the 599 model is running an Intel Celeron processor. Ouch. The next one up is an Intel M3 processor. After that, you get to the i5s and i7s, but you're looking at quite a bit of money to put down for those models that can actually do fairly decent productivity work. So, yeah. That's a bit of a shame. Yeah, that's kind of where they get you. I mean, I would like to see, and and I think one of the things that we might have to do is look up Geekbench scores for all of these and compare them to iPads because iPads are very good machines and they're using mobile processors. So if these devices can use these mobile Intel processors efficiently, then okay. But it just the track record of some of these chips is not very good, in my opinion. So I'm going to be very curious to see how these lower-end models of the Pixel uh, Slate will do in real-world tests. Then they announced that they're going to have the, the keyboard attachment, which you can buy, which is 200 bucks. That's a lot for a keyboard. That's a lot of money. But it makes it into Even a keyboard. Even with a trackpad. Well, yeah. The trackpad makes it more expensive, but it's a backlit keyboard and it attaches just like on the iPad or the Surface. They also have the Pixelbook pin in a matching color. That's what they're calling it because it still goes with the Pixelbook and it's $100. So you're looking at a good chunk of change to get put down for this. The nice thing about this tablet is all speakers are facing forward. There's only two, but they run the, the sides of the device. So I bet they sound good. Well, even the entry level, you're looking at about $1,000 US plus tax. For all the parts, yes. Yeah. But it it looks like a nice tablet. Well, one of the interesting things that I was reading is that the Pixel Slate does not actually have a way. It was either the Slate or the book I read. It doesn't have a way to store the pen like the Surface does. Well, neither does the iPad Pro. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. I I guess I sort of forget that because, you know, the case that we have has the Apple Pencil holder built into the top of it, so. Right. And the last, I mean, I will say this. The screens on these are nice. I'm sure Chromevox or whatever screen reader it's going to use is going to sound good. But uh, the one thing I don't know how well works, though, on this is Braille. That scares me. So keep that in mind when you're purchasing these devices. And you know, my my way of looking at it is, if you're a Braille user, I don't know that I would go with a Google device. <laughs> my apologies. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's sorry about that. that. It doesn't great. understand why you wouldn't go it with a Google understand. device. <laughs> 
So oh, that's funny. That is, you know, in my opinion, that is why if you're a Braille user, I would stick with an Apple device just because Braille support is so much better. Well, and it still leaves yeah, a lot wondered... to be desired. I'm sorry, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. Well, now I guess, you know, Microsoft's adding Braille support to Narrator or has added it. I don't know if it's still listed as beta. So, I mean, that's another option, although I can't speak to how well the Braille support has been done or not because I don't have a display. Yeah, that's something we'd have to research. But the Slate's a nice device. I want one just because it's a Chromebook and it's a relatively expensive offering from Google for Chromebooks compared to the Pixelbook at $1,200. I wonder where that's going to actually put the Pixelbook. I wonder if it's going to be discontinued and replaced with the Slate or if they're going to keep the Pixelbook alongside it it'll be interesting they're going to keep it alongside because it's an actual it's more of a laptop than this so all right the part that everybody has been waiting for on this google stuff is the phones the phones the pixel 3 there is going to be two models the pixel 3 and the pixel 3 xl the pixel 3 does not i repeat does not have a notch, folks. It is, uh, I do not remember, I think it's like 5.5, maybe 5.8 inches. It's a little bigger than the previous, than the two. And the bigger, the Pixel 3 XL is 6.3 inches. I know that for sure. And it does have a notch. And something they do not describe is that this notch is a notch. I mean... It's huge. It's huge. It takes up the equivalent of two lines of text. Ew. Wow. That is huge. Whereas the iPhone takes up one. So there is a piece of software that you can get for Android that will remove this notch, but it makes everything at the top be like this black bar that you won't have at the bottom. And I just think that's kind of tacky on its own. So I would recommend people just keep their devices looking the way that they were intended because you still get some use up there. And I'd, I would wonder wh- how it would affect your notifications and other things that use that still use that area. So the Pixel 3 comes in three colors, a, a black and a white and a not pink, apparently. From what I've seen, the white looks nice. I might go with that one when I upgrade next year. They are nice phones. They are nice looking. Uh, They have the Google Assistant. They have better stereo speakers, better cameras. They did not put a two-lens camera system, but they're saying they're going to do an adjustment for this with software. And they did a huge amount on this event on cameras and how their cameras are much better than the iPhone XS Max and other phones. So um, I think that's all done with software, which... It's Google. They have, you know, the AI and machine learning to do that. So I could believe it. And the neat thing is, is that the camera improvements that they're adding to the Pixel 3, they are back engineering to the Pixel 2 and 1 phones, which is really cool. I'm very surprised that they're doing that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool when they announced that in the uh, in the keynote. So... The other thing is is that it's going to feel just like the Pixel 2 and Pixel 1 with the part that feels like glass and then that kind of a plasticky feel. However, 
the whole back of the phone is going to be glass. Finally, wireless charging. Yes. Yeah, and right. they announced a $79 wireless charging stand that will make the Pixel 3 into more of a, uh, almost like the uh, Google Home Hub. So, Show mode dock, anyone? Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool stuff. The Pixel 3 has some neat features uh, with the camera. Nothing really new for Android. Um, so if you're an Android user... You're not going to miss anything by upgrading. It's just new hardware. Yeah, I, I just didn't see anything that was very impressive except for the camera and the sound and all those things. But um, You don't find that your phone can screen your calls for you impressive, sir? You know what? I actually did. Oh, yeah, there's, duplex. There's, no, there's not. this is not necessarily duplex. This is a feature like duplex, but it's called call screening. And basically, it can answer the call for you, figure out who it's from, and you could decide to answer if it's important or, you know, whatever you want to do. And from what I heard, you'll get a transcript on your phone. Yes. So those are all neat features. Um, and I think those will be going to the previous Pixels as well, eventually as well. So it was a good Google event. I'm excited about some of the things that they're adding, so... We will see as these things become available. Next up, one of the things that was announced this week, I believe it was this week, it seems like it was a long week, uh, was the Facebook speaker. <laughs> yes. We believe in choice on this podcast, folks. We really do. We promote things, we talk about things so that you know what's going on. One of the things that I've heard that comes with this speaker is it has a camera just like the Echo Show. But I've also heard that camera can follow you around. Is that is that correct? I, I haven't know, heard it, but I don't know how it could follow you around. Yeah, it, the, the, we have heard that the camera does follow you around. And to me, that's just creepy. I I mean, I don't know. With Facebook security breaches lately and everything that's been going on for a camera to be able to follow you around while you're doing things in your in your ha uh, home apartment or wherever you live that's i don't i don't know how i feel about that and this this is just our opinion and again you could go out and purchase whatever products you'd like however that just seems a little invasive to me and i was ha i was skeptical about amazon's uh, a lady service whenever it came out because it was always listening and maybe I'm just feeling that way about this but I don't know what are y'all's thoughts on this device I see one very niche use case for this moving camera and that is blind people and video chatting <laughs> that's the only thing no. I can do like you know what no <laughs> no no dude <laughs> just no it is creepy it's very creepy no i i, I in, in, in all serious i i joke but like i it's it it is very very creepy to me and i'm just like uh, don't know i mean didn't facebook just get hacked like a couple weeks ago that's what i was referring to yeah but like think of all the you know the i don't know just the potential that could happen with a moving camera Around your your room, and I don't know. And, and yes, it comes with the A-Lady 
built in rather than Google. I'm actually surprised that Facebook didn't make their own uh, assistant because I know they have their AI for pictures. I'm surprised that they haven't worked on something for uh, their own thing, but maybe that's coming in the future. But I thought the, they did have know, an assistant I, coming with this speaker. Not from what I read in a few articles, it said it was using Amazon's service. So we decided to cut to take a look at uh, the what the speaker uses, and it does use, as we call her, a lady, Amazon's assistant. So it is it is using a fair, I would call a fairly secure digital assistant, but it has Facebook features that, in my opinion, may make it less secure. So, and it looks like there's two. It looks like there's the Portal and the Portal Plus. I'm not sure the difference, but. We will have links to that in the show notes for you to research. All right. So we at iAccessibility have an announcement. This is really exciting. We are building a new app for the iOS folks out there that use the Shortcuts app. And this app is going to be a continuation of the category that we have on our website called Beyond the Gallery. We are building an iOS app folks, to bring these features to your iPhone so you can actually keep your shortcuts up to date, see what other people have made, and get push notifications when there are updates to your shortcuts. So this app is under development now and should be out soon. All right, so let's get on to our topic for today. And that is to talk about basically what Google has done with the home Google Home and the Google Home Hub, they're trying to make these devices look like they belong in your house, that they don't look like technology devices. And quite frankly, I believe that this is not, we're not ready for this. We are not ready for people to not know that there are in, invisible devices in your house that are listening to you. And so... The They have fabric to make them look like they're part of your decor to your house, so they blend in, so you don't know that there is technology in your house listening to what you're doing. So to start off, let me get all of your opinions on this, and then we'll continue. So, Aliyah, what are your thoughts? I Nobody's ready for this. We have the problems... With, you know, you'll see articles like a lady sending information to somebody's contacts about their shopping for new uh, flooring options. Like, that happened just because it, it thought it heard certain things that it didn't actually hear. We're not ready to have, and I don't think society is quite comfortable with invisible tech. And, you know... We're not ready. There's still people who want the right to privacy. And the and I think the only way that we're going to have that is by knowing that there's tech in the room and being aware of when you could be monitored as far as, um, you know, what device is doing the monitoring, where that's being sent. You can do, you can know a lot of that by what you can see in the room around you. Jason, what are your thoughts on this? Honestly, my thoughts pretty closely echo Aaliyah's. I don't think that we as a society are ready for that yet. That being said, 
I do think I sort of understand what Google was going for, having the technology just be there to help you without you even realizing it's doing it. And that's just, I, as, as Aliyah has already said, I just, I don't think we're there yet. We're not ready. Okay. And Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I read what everyone else has been saying. We're we're not ready for this, and I wonder when, as a society, we will be ready for this. I look at it like this. You know, people want to know what's going on, and they want to know that they can have confidence and, and have their privacy. And like you said, Aaliyah, people want their privacy. You know, not everybody would like to know that their Google or uh, Amazon device is always listening. And I I know for a fact that I've talked to a couple of people who they're like, I'll never get one of these devices because it freaks me out that it's always listening and it's always, you know, waiting to be triggered. And I actually heard about that article too of that couple who uh, their, their echo went off thinking it heard certain request prompts about a message. And obviously that wasn't the case. And the contact in question called them and was like, you need to turn your echo off right now because it's recording everything you're saying. And uh, and the guy was like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And he, they said, no, you just talked about getting a new floor or something like that. I, I, I really agree with you guys. As a society, we're definitely not ready. And I wonder when we will be ready. You know, who knows? It may not be until 2045 or 2030. We might not be ready at all, but I also think that a certain generation of folks might be more lenient to having that in their homes. I think uh, a lot of younger people would versus uh, some of the older generation, but I still don't think that we're anywhere near having kind of like a camouflage material, you know, oh, it's like a piece of furniture. Oh, no, it's actually a Google device. You know, I don't think we're ready for that at all. Well, the thing is, is that what these companies are trying to do, and Apple kind of started this trend, and, and they are kind of at fault for this, is they want to make the technology fall away and make the, make the appearance of technology fall away and make the devices be part of your life. And while that's great and all, we've kind of, in my opinion, lost what it is to be adopting technology because it kind of feels like in a way when we do this, try to make it make the technology look like everything else in our houses or apartments, we are denying the fact that we are adopting this into our lives to use and we don't want the appearance of of listening devices and all these things. So like the HomePod, you could definitely tell that thing's tech. I'm sorry. It looks like tech. It's heavy. And the Echoes, they look like tech. They have big, giant ring light rings on them when they come on. So that, that looks like tech. The Google devices do have lights. They do have different things. But they don't look like tech as much. They're designed well, but they just, they, they don't look, they... Uh, well, some of them look like donuts. So, in my opinion, from what I've used, I think that we should be willing to adopt to, if we're going to buy these things, make them look a little techy. They could look good in the home without having to be, you know, 
to blend into everything else. And I think that's where tech companies are missing their mark. What are y'all's thoughts on this? And what do y'all think that companies could do to kind of identify their devices as more tech or not? So I don't know if companies necessarily... I mean, I guess that if, if you consider that people like me, Michael, and and Matt, and Aliyah, I know that we all sort of agree that we don't necessarily want these devices to mask their technology because we want to be aware when that technology may be using our data in some way. So I guess in that sense, yes, companies are sort of missing the mark. And as far as what they could do to make it look more technology-based as opposed to like just a piece of a decor for your house... I mean, I guess you could always start with construction materials, you know, maybe like shiny aluminum or or something or some sort of composite plastic or whatever else sort of materials technology is made out of. I think that could go away towards making the statement that, you know, this is tech. Although, to be fair, you said that the HomePod definitely looks like a technology device and it's wrapped in fabric. So I, I don't know. That just makes me think of that Barbie girl song. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Had to. Oh, no. But I think I think you're right, Jason. I think really companies are missing the mark. I don't think people are quite ready, you know, for all that. And I don't know. The light. I, I kind of like the light rig concept on the Echoes in that it's pretty highly visual. You know when it's listening to you, if you're looking at it. Also, turning on the um, the request sounds in the apps, so our Google Home does, the HomePod's the only one that doesn't, and that's because the sound is so delayed <laughs> um, that it's not practical, but our Echoes do, and the Google Homes do. So I think, you know, that's a good step. But I, I don't think Google's hitting the mark here. I mean, just to maybe the general consumer that's not data conscious... Yeah, but, I mean, to people who know a decent bit about tech, we're not going to buy this stuff. Well, it's interesting because the Echo is definitely a device, as you've somebody has said earlier in the show, that it definitely sort of sticks out. You know, it's it's it basically visually says, I am tech. And <laughs> I will, if, you know, my girlfriend's watching a show downstairs, I'm doing my own thing up here. She'll just randomly text me and she'll be like, uh, your echo is listening and I don't like it. And I'm just like, uh, it, I think the problem with some of these indicators is it's like with the echo devices and maybe I'm missing something and I just don't know the, if the lights do different colors or whatever, but sometimes it's not actually listening, but she thinks it is listening and the light just flashes for no reason apparent reason that I can come up with because I don't even have any notifications. So I don't know if it's like doing updates, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is if you're going to have some sort of indication, I think it's important to remember to, in some way, distinguish that the technology is, you know, what it's doing in a very easy to determine fashion, whether it's installing an update or whether it's listening for information or whether you have a notification so I, ju I just think that's something that's really important to keep in mind if, if you're going to have a device that's definitely going to scream technology. Well, and for you, Jason, here's one little tip to tell her. The mute button 
on top of the device is very useful. And when mm, she has it muted, and when she has it muted, it will show a red ring around the top of the Echo Dot. Yeah, and the Google has yeah. one on the back. Nice little switch. And it uh, mutes it, and I don't know. I don't know if the Google has lights or not. It uh, does. When it listens, but okay. And I know it has the notification sounds. Now, with the HomePod, when I saw it uh, last week, there was no sound from Siri. But what happened was, if you said Ahoy Telephone, it literally took five seconds, and then it would go, mm-hmm, or uh-huh, or yes, or, or some indication it was listening. It's, Correct. Uh, I, I, I think there was a sound when... I want to say I've heard a sound before, but it's very faint and it's very delayed. But yeah, you're right, Michael. The HomePod is definitely, (laughs) you can tell it's tech because it's very bulky, it's very heavy, and it's tall, and And it just looks And there's stuff that goes on on the screen when it's active. Mm -hmm. So the other thing with these devices is, you know, when you have the Echo, when you have the Google Home itself, the original Looks like it's a home, like almost like a, what did they say it was? It looks like, I mean, it almost looks like a candle. It almost looks like a lot of different things. Like it belongs there. And I, I think just I've don't. i heard some people say it looks like an air freshener. It does. And I just don't agree with that. I think it should not be made to look like something it's not. I think that Amazon and Apple are going in the right direction with how they're doing things. Now, Some of the Amazon devices, you know, they're adding fabric and different things to theirs to kind of do the same thing. But you still have the light ring. You still have very evident ways of knowing what it is. And, you know, guys, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to have devices that are going to be listening. And sometimes they'll they'll make mistakes. And, you know. But I think that, like we've said, we're not ready. I don't think we should be ready for devices to look like parts of our home. And the reason why I say that is, is that we should be proud of devices looking different. Our devices should be devices. They should look like devices. Granted, they should have a look that is aesthetically pleasing, but they should not be made to look like something they're not. And that's that's my thoughts on the matter. You know, they should not look like home decor, but they should not look like, I mean, unless you want them to, like you know, mid to high tower server cases either. <laughs> what are y'all's thoughts on that? Just, I mean, I, what are your expectations for devices? To, how should they, how they should look and different things like that. So uh, Matt, what are well, your thoughts? I'm just, well, what's going to be next? A Google home micro that's going to uh, be the size and shape of a coaster. I mean, you know, if they wanted to blend in that way, make them small enough to do that or different colors well you said they match the decor but i mean they might have to have tons and tons of colors to to do that because some people probably get really fancy with their decor well like the you know the google home uh hub has four colors so they are trying to do more with that so jason what are your thoughts on how they could improve you know the designs for tech well so that they can be that the the devices can look good in the house, but not necessarily be part of the decor. So I think one definite way is, you know, if, if, if the technology has some sort of screen that is either used to aid in the controlling of the device or 
maybe it supplements the speech with information similar to, you know, what the HomePod does. I think that could be a step in making technology obvious as opposed to hiding it away to look like decor. Also, you know, not making it look like furniture would probably be a big way to go towards uh, making technology look like tech. I mean, you know, the, the fabric cylinders that we're seeing for smart speakers, you know, especially with things like the HomePod, as I'd mentioned and others had mentioned earlier, I, I, I think that kind of works because once you start changing the shape too much, then you're going to end up affecting how the sound ends up being spread around the room and all that good stuff. And I know this extends to more than just smart speakers, but I tend to just, when I, when I assume, when I think of tech like this, my brain just jumps to smart speakers automatically. So I guess that's sort of where that came from, but. Okay. And Aliyah, what about you? I don't really have anything that hasn't already been said. Okay. So to me, one of the things that we can do, I mean, that companies can do is kind of look at the trends, look at what Apple has done, look at what Amazon has done. Those are very good uh, Microsoft, when they partnered up with another company to make the uh, Cortana speaker, is another cylinder, and it's plastic. You know, I think companies think that plastic things don't look good, and they do. And, I mean, we have the Bose SoundLink Color 2 speakers, and they're different colors, and they look good. They're also rubber. They are. And... That's fine. You know, they look great. They work great. So I don't see why companies need to... I mean, the design, I understand. They've won design awards for all of these new Google Home products. That's great. But I think when companies go out of their realm, you know, when Apple kind of started going out of technology and into entertainment, when companies that are... They go out of the realm of identification. So like Apple's known for technology. Microsoft's known for software. All these companies are known for what they do. When you go outside of that, you, a company kind of starts to lose, lose perspective and lose their identity until they stabilize. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing now with Google. They're trying to find ways to branch out, and that's great. But I think one of the things that has to happen is they have to realize is this necessary? Do people actually want that? I mean, the design companies say yes, but do people really care that their Google Home looks like their furniture? Does that really matter to people? I'm curious. I would like to know. Am I saying that the Google Home is not a good product? No. And I'm sure the Home Hub will help a lot of people do what they need to do. I'm just saying that I think that as people that use technology, we need to embrace that technology and try not to deny it's there. Now, I do have a question because I've never actually seen other smart home stuff. Like, I've never seen the lights and I've never seen the locks or the thermostats. Do they look technological or do they look like regular locks or regular light bulbs or thermostats? The, there are lights that look like regular light bulbs. <laughs> The Philips Hue bulbs do not look like regular bulbs, though. So I have not seen the, the locks. The thermostats do not look like regular thermostats. They look very futuristic because they have digital information on their screens. Yeah, I was just curious because, like I said, I've never seen them. And, and I know if they want to make them, if they want to make the speakers blend in, I wonder if they've made the uh, actual smart home accessories blend in as well or if they 
kind of look, like you said, futuristic. It depends on the device. Does anybody have any final comments before we wrap up today? All right. Well, with that being said, I think this has been a good episode. I think we've talked about a lot of information and given some uh, our thoughts on this new trend. So with that being said, Matt, what is your pick of the week and where can people find you online? All right. My pick today is a very great alternative to the Apple Podcasts app. And I say a great alternative because I'm not saying that Apple Podcasts is bad, but it's always good to have choice around here. So my pick is called Overcast. It's a excellent uh, podcasting application made by a gentleman named Marco Arment. Very accessible. And uh, what I like most about it is the speed controls because I really enjoy listening to podcasts a, a lot faster than normal speed. And it is the best sounding speed control other than the uh, iAccessibility app. And I actually think we use the same algorithm he does where speed, like the, the, the voices don't sound garbled and you speed them up to twice their speed. You can do a lot of things with playlists as well. And you can even do shortcuts. So I have a shortcut on my phone that says uh, play all episodes and it opens up Overcast and starts playing. It is free. And you can also go to overcast.fm, and if you have an account with Overcast, which will sync all of your stuff over to your devices, you can actually listen to your podcasts on the web player. So check it out. It's called Overcast, and uh, it's a fantastic application. And if you want to find me online, you can uh, find me producing content for accessibility.net. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Durkins. That's M-A-T-T-D-I-E-R-C-K-E-N-S. All right, Jason, what is your pick and where can people find you? My pick is actually a musical that my girlfriend and I saw a couple weeks ago when we went to Pennsylvania. And it is the musical Treasure Island. It's based off the book and uh, it's about this... uh, this youth, his name's Jim Hawkins, and he ends up in this race for buried treasure against the treacherous Long John Silver. That's the pirate, not the restaurant. And the the uh, the musical, it was it was really interesting. Uh, voice acting was really good. The props apparently were really well done. Um, the orchestra, the music was really well done. I liked it. Um, it was it was audio described, and the director of the I believe she was the director of communications for the theater, ended up doing the uh, audio description. And she she sounded really, really good when she did that. She didn't have a lot of ums and uhs when she spoke. And apparently she was not reading a script, which I thought was pretty amazing. She told me that she'd seen the show a few times. <laughs> so that probably helped a lot, I'm sure. But uh, the fact that it was audio described, she did a really great job. I did give her some feedback after the... Uh, show was over that she seemed really receptive to so um yeah it was it was just all around a fun show so as far as where people can find me people can find me producing content for iaccessibility you can email me at jason at iaccessibility.net you can follow me on facebook just search for jason earls and you can also find me on twitter at jde that's juliet delta echo 91 all right alia what is your pick and where can people find you online My pick this week is an app called Parcel, which allows you to track 
packages that are headed your way. If you have the tracking number, you can plug it into the app. You can see the progress of the package, and I believe you can also get notifications when those when that progress changes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, I've played with a few, so that's why I was trying to remember, but it's a very nice app. Uh, it's accessible on iOS, and it's definitely helped me because I always want to know where my stuff is. Anyway, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iAccessibility.net, and you can follow me on Twitter at BlindCowGirl199. And I won't be putting any cups on toasters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my pick this week is a update, a software update. It is an October software update to a thing called Windows. The Windows 10 fall software update is back it's out, and it's wonderful. They have made loads of accessibility changes. They keep making the operating system better, and I just love it. And uh, so they've made it easier for me to use Windows. They keep making accessibility improvements, and the team over there at Microsoft just does some amazing work. So uh, that is my pick for this week. As for where you could find me, of course, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can follow me on Twitter. Just search for Mike Doeys. You could follow me on Facebook. Search for uh, Michael Doeys. You can email me at mikedoeys at iAccessibility.net. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. And you could go to my personal website, michaeldoeys.com, and find me all over the web. If you want to get a hold of iAccessibility, you can at iAccessibility.net or iAccessibility1 on Twitter. If you want to find us on Facebook, you can. Just search for iAccessibility. We have a Facebook page there. We are all over the web on Tumblr. We're on, uh, well, we, we would say we're on Google+, but that's kind of going away. So um, we're, we are still there as long as it is. And we're on YouTube. We're Everywhere we have our iAccessibility app. We uh, for iOS, we have all of our content there. We have our new podcast website at iacast.net, and we will soon have a dedicated iacast app for Android and then for iOS. So we are everywhere. If you want to send us feedback, you can by emailing feedback at iaccessibility.net, and you could also talk to us on Twitter by using our Twitter username or with the hashtag IACast. That will do it for this episode of the podcast. We will be back next week with our weekly episodes. So we hope you've enjoyed this one. We've enjoyed doing this. And I want to thank Matt, Jason, and Aaliyah for being here. And I want to thank everybody on the stream who and everybody who subscribes to the podcast. So thanks again, everybody. And we'll see you all next week for a new episode. Bye, guys. Bye, folks. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Copyright 2018, iAccessibility, LLC.